It's a current genetic year, and podcast hosts Chris, JL, and Sabrina are traveling in a spaceship borrowed from Elon Musk through an anomaly in space in search of their missing fourth host, Laura. They are traveling between different versions of Earth, inspired by pop culture beamed through radio, TV, and internet waves from the original home planet Earth, now dubbed Earth X. To help them on their journey, the ship is equipped with three AIs. A navigation AI voiced by Sylvester Stallone, a maintenance AI voiced by Christopher Walken, and a kitchen AI voiced by Brooder. Sounds complicated? Sounds convoluted? Sounds awesome? It all slightly is. Join them on their journey as they learn pop culture history both true and made up. It's Podcast 42. Now launching Podcast Simulation. Loading Podcast Holodeck in 3, 2, 1. Podcast room. This is Podcast 42 and the after show for the planet Tiberius, which ended up to be more troublesome. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we're in the podcast room. Who's flying the ship? Uh, Stallone. Uh, I got this. Oh, you do your recording. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Nice to you said this whole time. (laughs) You know, I realized what we probably should have done differently is not. Put a red shirt on the computer. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So behind the scenes, first, uh, (laughs) the first day we tried to record, the computer decided to do a massive update that I couldn't stop. (laughs) It lasted three hours. It did. It took three hours to do the update. We almost finished the Snyder Cut. (laughs) (laughs) And so we only got to do uh, the one episode where we normally record two episodes. And then during the editing process, uh, everyone's favorite free editing tool, All Audacity, decided about 20 minutes in to make everyone sound like a robot. <laughs> the audacity <laughs> of it all! <laughs> so we do have robot characters, just not everybody's a robot. However, JL pointed out that I sounded exactly the same, <laughs> and I didn't need any tweaking, and only... Himself and Sabrina had to re-record their lines, and mine was just perfectly Yours fine. Were perfectly they fine. were so amazing. Sabrina and I re-recorded the show in less than ten minutes. We had plenty of mistakes, which was more than any we made the whole first time. Right, because we were up against the uh, time frame by the time that the computer came back. Because I had to go to work. Yeah, we were supposed to start recording at noon, and we didn't start recording until three. And JL had to drive like an hour to work. And I had to be there by like 5.15. Yeah. (laughs) So let's open up the beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink. Yeah. All right, what beer did the ship supply for you today? It's supplied with us from the Single Cut Beersmiths. Does anybody remember laughter? Looks like it's a nice IPA, 7.2% ABV. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. This one I did not like. It had a really bad aftertaste, super hoppy. There was something wrong with one of the cans. We had two cans of it. It had the sediment in it. it had, yeah. How does that... That was this one. I don't know. Like, I don't know because it was weird because the first can poured perfectly and it looked good. And then I started pouring the second can 
And all of a sudden, like halfway through, it just was like clump, 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 clump. And I go, what is this? It looked like the can had like deteriorated it into the glass. It was cinnamon covered shrimp tails, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your dessert shrimp. <laughs> Thanks, Topanga's husband. So that one for me is a one, and that's a generous one. Did not like that one at all. Sabrina? Uh, it's a two. And I don't remember what else I said about it. <laughs> said it was bitter. Yeah, it's bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. Beer master? That's it. I also gave it a two, and I'd like to point out that I had one of the beers from the good can. <laughs> so I felt that it was very bitter. Like like Chris said, there was a hoppiness to it, but it wasn't a good type of hoppiness. It was a very lingering, bitter aftertaste, and it just did not sit well. Not the best beer, but, I mean, I'll still give it a two. All right. What's the next one? Next one is from Urban South. Nectar, cream, snowball juice. It's a hazy, juicy IPA. It's ABV is not on the can. (laughs) Wait, what? I was trying to find out. I think it's a 7% ABV. How high the ABV is, but it's not on here. I believe it's and the label gets a one for not having a single snowball on it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was worried about this one because the can is kind of eye catching. Yeah, it would definitely stand out Um, on a shelf. I feel that people from Louisiana will um, beat you for that remark, actually, because it's clearly covered in snowballs. Like the 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 dessert, not the yeah product. dessert. Yeah, yeah. You or mean a snow cone? The rest of us call them snow cones. Yes. Oh, yes. Now I get it. Still getting but. it a one. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it called a snowball before. Snowball yeah. or snow cone. Same See, thing. See, I always grew up with knowing a snowball is that little hostess snack that's like white with coconut on the outside. Yes. And nobody that's, really eats coconut anymore. I do. I love coconut. I love shredded coconut. We talked about coconut before. Sabrina doesn't like coconut, especially in her beer. Yeah. I I like coconut, just not apparently in beer. Coconut on the outside of a cake. I, I could just, like, lick the coconut off the cake. No, just... And like, I have. I was just saying. And then he shared it with me. <laughs> <laughs> that German chocolate just became chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of the snowball, Sabrina? Um, I actually really enjoyed that one. I give it a five. I would definitely um, have that one again. It had a good flavor to it. I apparently really enjoy hazy IPAs. Oh, yeah, much better. Yeah. Hazy IPA is way better than an IPA. Yeah, it's not as bitter. It's got a nice flavor to it. I still want all you, P- all you IPA people to know that the IPA is only brewed to last long and not to skunk out. Unless it's apparently... <laughs> Uh, Does anybody remember when we bought that beer? (laughs) (laughs) It's probably going on a year. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. We've we've done really well with the re um, doing the beers in order that we get them. Okay. Yeah. It would have arrived in August. But when you're like, I love IPAs, just know that your IPA can. It's like a Twinkie. It can last forever and it's brewed to last forever well then i'm glad i like ipas because i'm gonna get beer forever (laughs) um this one i did like i do like when it's a hazy ipa i do like it way better than just your standard ipa uh super fruity i was worried about it because a can is very colorful to catch your eye and i think a lot of times my theory is when the beer can is really great the beer itself is really bad and when the beer can is really plain a lot of times the beer is really good now this isn't true for every single beer but we call it the clown shoes effect (laughs) (laughs) but it tends to work out for a lot of beers Um, i would definitely drink this one again i think i said five but in case i didn't say five i gave it a five beer master you know what i can't believe this i'm agreeing with sabrina on both ratings i'm going with a five 
very good really good taste hazy juicy overall great beer would totally get it again even with its misleading can <laughs> all right uh let's talk about the planet tiberius with some uh star trek facts yeah um okay so star trek it's obviously an american science fiction franchise uh it was created for television in the 1960s by gene roddenberry um and it was produced by desi lu uh productions which was lucille balls oh really uh, that's yeah that's interesting um, it later became uh, then why, there no, why are there no Cuban crew members? Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, I get the suspicion. <laughs> uh, by that point, Lucy Ball was done with Desi. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so she was actually the first head of the of a, a production company at that point, and she uh, greenlit. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> she greenlit Star Trek. Yeah. That she was still couldn't make the band on the <laughs> ship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It was oh, it was inspired by C.S. Forrester's Horatio Hornblow series of novels, John Sh- Jonathan Swift's 1726 novel of Gulliver- Gulliver's Travel, and the 1956 film Forbidden Planet. And it was also inspired by television westerns such as uh, Wagon Train. Yeah, I love Forbidden Planet. The alien costumes in that are great. I don't think I've ever seen Forbidden Planet. I don't think I've seen it either. Yeah. So I used to watch as a kid. I used to watch Star Trek in reruns, and <laughs> live. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did air when I was alive, but I was really too young for when it first came on. So I watched it all in syndication, and I guess it's only like three years worth of shows. Yes. Yeah. And. It, it seems way more than three years worth of shows, but at that time, you know, television shows ran for 24 episodes, like a season. Now, you're lucky if you get eight for some some of these TV shows. You mean like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where it's only six episodes? Oh, is it only six? Yeah. Wow. Not happy about that. <laughs> is that also one shot? I don't know. I'm hoping not. I could see them doing more with that than WandaVision. Yeah, that seems like that you could just keep that story ongoing. But, yeah, I, I loved Star Trek as a kid, and I had the action figures, and it was just the greatest thing until Star Wars came along, and then I changed alliances. Yeah. You know, Star Trek's still great. It's uh, very groundbreaking. Um, a lot of technology's kind of inspired by Star Trek today, so what's another fact? I was going to say, um, it was actually known, because it's, so it's got the original series, and then um, Star Wars came around, and then Star Trek kind of picked back up. Like, it was three and done. So it's got nine spin-off television series, a film franchise, and then also, like, further adaptations also exist in several other media, including book format that Shatner himself helped write. Did they launch the movie franchise because of the success of Star Wars and try to compete with it? Yes. Yeah, Star Wars helped bring helped. Star Trek back. Yes. Okay. So it was kind of out there because it was... It There's a thing where Roddenberry and Lucas were friends and fans of each other's work. Yeah. And then the fans kind of divided up the two series. You, yeah, Yes. Yeah. Yes. The Trekkies versus the... Right. But the creators themselves were like... Oh, that's really cool what you did. That's what yeah. really, that's that's the. St- I don't know if it's true or not, but hey, I'm going to sample this from you, and you and you can take this from me, and just like you're yeah. here, we'll trade ideas a little bit. Yeah, they helped each other. Well, and the three years that it ran because of of the technology and everything, like it really didn't recoup the money that it had they had originally spent on it. So after the series was canceled, Desilu, which had been by that point renamed Paramount Television, they actually licensed the broadcast syndication rights to help recoup the production losses because it was such it was not because it wasn't as popular until really Star Wars kind of propelled that whole genre. I can um, see that. Yeah. There's a YouTube video that's hilarious because Star Trek, you know, with the special, you look at it now with the special effects, they're really hokey. And one of the things they did when the, whenever, uh, which we did in the story, whenever a photon torpedo or, or wherever the ship oh, got the hit, camera. Yeah, the tilt. they just tilted the camera and the actors ran back and forth. Well, in, <laughs> in one clip, they have one of the, just, he's just a crew member, an unknown crew member, and he's standing against the wall and he's like spinning this invisible steering wheel during this 
blow up. If you can find it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> but yeah, and then I also we also poked fun with you know a lot of the aliens were just makeup. Leave just, the Gorn alone. It's just pure <laughs> pure makeup. But I made out with many aliens. He sure did. Captain yeah. Kirk got around. Well, what STDs are in space, man? <laughs> Speaking of him actually making out, because he made out with Nichelle Nichols, and that was mm-hmm. the first interracial scene ever seen on television. Yeah, it was the 70s, wasn't it? Well, the 60s, yeah. So it 60s, been, 70s? Yeah, yeah, so it would have been like late 60s. And they actually tried to push a lot of barriers with Star Trek. Yeah, because Roddenberry wanted diversity in there. Correct. Yeah. To show how... And he yeah. got it. I mean, yeah. there was... All sorts of different. There was, you know, your Asian actors, yeah. your well, African American actors, your Vulcan actors. <laughs> yeah, and then it was. Um, so they addressed a lot of the issues that were mainstream at the time, just like a lot of the spinoffs addressed the issues that were going on at that time. But some of the issues depicted in like the various series, in, you know, like War and Peace, the value of personal loyalty, authoritarianism, imperialism, class warfare, economics, racism, religion, human rights, sexism, feminism, and the role of technology. Roddenberry actually has stated, by creating a new world with new rules, I could make statements about sex, religion, Vietnam, politics, and intercontinental missiles. Indeed, we did make them on Star Trek. We were sending messages, unfortunately, they all got by the network. Because at the time, the network was actually more concerned about how females were dressed. And they actually would send down a sensor to measure a woman's cleavage to make sure too much of her breast wasn't showing. So they were more concerned with what people could actually see than what the scripts were actually about. Yet they didn't do anything about the bottom of those short, short skirts. (laughs) (laughs) The compromise was that thing that was in Uhura's ear. Yeah. <laughs> what? what yeah, she mean? had like that like speaker yeah. thing, like the, it was like yeah. a translator. A Bluetooth. Yeah. It was the inspiration for AirPods. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah. yeah, the Star Trek always had a hidden message and they could have put that the more you know at the end of every episode. You could learn a lesson from every episode of Star Trek. There's always some yeah. something the deep underlining meaning. Key to everything is just Make out with the aliens. <laughs> it brings peace. Not only did Kirk have the first interracial kiss, he had the first interspecies kiss, I believe. Oh, yeah, with yes. the green lady. <laughs> I can't remember what alien she was, like what it was, <laughs> what her species was. I don't know, but what if they got further along and he got all her clothes off and then he's like, I don't even know what to do. I mean, you don't even know what's going to be underneath that. No. You'd be like, I don't have anywhere to stick this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do. You stick it over here under my armpit. What? Oh, that's what that's Just for. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't think guys ever complain about where they should be sticking things. Yeah, but then what were the kids look like? Mm, he was probably hoping they didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> he always had a pack of space condoms. He was good. <laughs> what species are you? Let me roll this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So CBS actually turned down several proposals in the mid-2000s to restart the franchise. So they were just kind of ixnayed. And up till that point, it was... Okay, so until 2016, Paramount Pictures and CBS actually permitted fan-produced films and episodes, like clips, to be produced. Now, several veterans of the Star Trek actors and writers participated in many of these productions. And several producers turned to crowdfunding, such as Kickstarter, to help with production and other costs. So up till that point... Like, they gladly welcomed fan-made things. And then they came back through, and then they said, you can still do fan stuff, but no original actors, no original writers, none of that, and it has to be under a certain length. So they really came through and kind of set limits on it. But up to that point, like, it was it was a free-for-all, which in part really just propelled the popularity of it. I mean, yeah, why not? You're keeping your franchise alive. I mean, think about how long... The original series was before the next generation appeared and it was still like over 30 years yeah o- and rocking 30, it yeah, you know almost 30 years still selling merchandise people still talked about it yeah on the point of Nichelle Nichols 
So Nichelle Nichols was originally, she announced that she was going to be leaving the show. And she was actually, she was, so the day after she had told Roddenberry that she wanted to leave the show, she was actually at an NAACP dinner party. And Roddenberry was like, listen, there's somebody that really wants to meet you. And she was expecting a fan. And as she said, she said, I thought I was a Trekkie. And so I said, sure. She was, I looked across the room and there was Dr. Martin Luther King walking towards me with his big grin on his face. He reached out to me and said, yes, Miss Nichols, I am your greatest fan. He said that Star Trek was the only show that he and his wife, Coretta, would allow their three children to stay up and watch. She told King about her plans to leave the series. She said, I never got to tell him why, because he said, you can't, you're part of history. So, you know, when we say it was really this like big it was a really big deal at the time as far as that goes and because of her popularity she was actually successful in bringing the first people of color and women into the u.s space program and that was like the she actually worked with nasa from the late 70s until the late 80s now was it because because of star trek yeah but wasn't like the jeffersons and good times and and all those shows around at that time i believe they were later into were they the 70s. Did they come after? Yeah. Okay. But still, her, I would still put her ahead of all of those, for, especially mm-hmm. with depictions. So she was kind of a, I mean, she was a very big deal as far as that goes. And the fact that she was able to use her stardom to propel careers for people of color and women into NASA is amazing. Yeah. So in August of 2010, the members of the Eternal Revenue Service created a Star Trek themed training video for a conference. It was revealed to the public in 2013, and the spoof, along with parodies of other media franchises, was cited as an example of the use of taxpayer funds and a congressional investigation. What? (laughs) Yeah. Why would that be Star Trek themed? I have no idea. But they apparently created a Star Trek themed video. Was there an episode of Star Trek that I forgot about where they got taxed or they didn't pay their taxes and they had to um, be hauled into the Federation and they were like, hey... You guys didn't pay your taxes, and then the photon torpedo hit the ship, and then they escaped, and the Klingons came, and I don't remember that one. It was a video all about how Kirk uh, cheated to win and yeah. in the Kobayashi Maru, because <laughs> nothing is unwinnable. <laughs> I was really worried when Kirk fought Spock. I didn't know who was going to win that one. I miss... Um, they're doppelgangers. I loved evil Kirk and Spock. All they did was put a goatee on Leonard Nimoy, and they were like, he's evil now. <laughs> Facial hair made him evil. <laughs> and everybody with a goatee was like, damn. Yeah, it was really like, we're going to put goatees on everybody. And next thing you know, Uhura shows up with a goatee, and it's like, it's evil Uhura. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a goatee at the time you're like am i the evil one do i have a good version <laughs> of me running around there, somewhere there a good version of why me? have you never had a goatee because then people would know i'm evil, evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a telltale sign that's why i don't just shave off these sides even though they're very rednecky on my quote unquote beard oh everybody I just loves have your mutton chops <laughs> they don't even connect <laughs> i was really mad because not this haircut, but the haircut before it, they cut off my sideburns. I'm like, what are you doing? Now I'm going to have a big gap between this scruff here and my hair. He's like, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. It's all right. I'll take it out on your tip. Oh, oh that. You don't want to cut the tip. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how long it took me to grow that gap? Um, I think you're still doing it. I am still doing it. <laughs> It still doesn't connect to this day. You know what you needed was gap insurance. <laughs> like, we're getting recalled back to our jobs, and I'm not even sure my face is legal to go back. I'm going to have to shave it all off. At least by then his sideburns will have grown in. Probably not. <laughs> I'm hoping by summer I'm called back. If not, it'll be by October, and even in October it still won't connect. <laughs> and I have Viking and Irish blood, and those people can grow facial hair. <laughs> I'd be kicked out of my Viking clan. <laughs> he has no facial hair. He can't be one of us. <laughs> yeah, my youngest son, I met up with him for dinner uh, probably a couple months ago. I mean, since then we've met up, but a couple months ago, and he's like, so I have no chance of growing facial hair. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> nope. Just keep shaving. Take a break for a day to 
you know, next thing you know, they look at you two days later and it's like, I love your five o'clock shadow. I know it took forever to come in, right? Yeah, a year. I have to shave every three hours. <laughs> I have true. friends who have to shave every three hours. <laughs> I went to high school with a guy that, um, like his freshman year, like he had like a full on beard and we were so setting in, um, a class that's only for freshmen and the teacher was like don't be like this guy like how many times have you had to take this class and he was like i'm a freshman this is my first time and yeah. he's like you're a freshman and you've got like a full-on beard all i can think of is i've been watching young rock and he was making fun of the fact that at 14 he looked like he was like 30 yeah and he's like yeah i went to high school and they're all like oh yeah watch out for 21 jump street over there like they thought <laughs> he was this <laughs> undercover cop and he goes I'm a student. I go here. He's like, I had the principal coming up to me going, so who are you looking at to bust? And he goes, I go to this school. I'm a student. Sure, sure. you are. That sh- I knew that show was going to be good, but that's surprisingly really good show. And I'm not like super into wrestling. I'll, I'll watch it occasionally, but it's it's worth checking out. I love it. I watch everything The Rock does, though. <laughs> I'm just glad that I can grow more than a chin strap. I don't understand the guys who think a chin strap look good. Because I'm going to tell you, if you have a chin strap, it doesn't look good. I don't know why you're laughing. Because it's absolutely true. We just just pictured you with a chin Chin strap. strap. No, there's no way. There's no way. I've been binge watching all the episodes of 60 Days In. And there's a cop who went into jail. uh, And his normal look has a chin strap. I'm like, you just look look like a douche probably is <laughs> yeah i mean but if you if you have a chin strap really consider not having a chin strap it's time to shave <laughs> i don't, don't I, I don't know how you can look at that and be like yeah this it's is the, the look only I place want. i grow hair okay i'm sorry that's what <laughs> i was going for the shaggy look <laughs> well then color it in with a magic marker <laughs> like man like i'm going to do when i get recalled back to work oh so that's like where that, that gray is gonna go yeah <laughs> Did we give you enough time to find another fact? Yes. That means no. (laughs) Shut it. So the IRS was not the only one to use um, like Star Trek references or anything like that. When they were actually developing um, in the U.S. for the vaccine for COVID-19, it was actually named Operation Warp Speed which is the brainchild of Star Trek fan Dr. Peter Marks. And Dr. Peter leads the unit of the FDA, approves vaccines and therapies. So there you go. We need the vaccine now. (laughs) I'm giving it all she got, Captain. I can't do it any faster. (laughs) Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor. (laughs) I can only go so fast. (laughs) They called it Operation Microchip to start, and then they decided to change the name. Yeah, because they realized we were already chipped. Yeah. yeah As Sabrina right. just, reads off her phone. We just carry it around with us. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, if you're so concerned about getting a microchip in your vaccine, guess what? They, yeah. You're tracked everywhere you go. Your Is social that- security number? <laughs> you're tracked. You have a credit card? You're tracked. You have a cell phone? You're tracked. Isn't that right, Alexa? <laughs> oh, that's right, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Would you like me to tell you a joke? (laughs) (laughs) So Star Trek is actually unranked the most popular cult show by TV Guide. (gasps) It's a cult show? Uh, It's a cult show. And then in 2016, um, it was actually listed in the Guinness World Records as the most successful science fiction television franchise in the world. I love the cult. (laughs) They had a lot of good songs. (laughs) Debatable. (gasps) What are you talking about? Sonic Temple is one of the best albums ever. It is. They've actually done a lot of documentaries about Star Trek as well. Anything from Trekkies, Star Trek Beyond the Final Frontier, Center Seat, For the Love of Spock. And that one is just literally the history and impact of the character Spock. I will give one ding to Star Trek. If you're slightly big, the uniform does not look good on you. You really have to be in shape to wear that damn uniform. Well, that's why they changed them for the movies. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah, because, you know, as the actors got older, they got... Except for Sulu. Slightly <laughs> rounder. Sulu and McCoy pretty much stayed the same. Spock stayed the same. Uhura stayed the same. Yeah, it was for Kirk and Scotty. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't look good in the uniform. I would like to look good in the uniform. I don't know what color I would wear either. Red. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing red. One, I can't do security or engineering, so I'd have to 
I don't think I can wear blue. Because I don't think I'm a very sciencey mind. I don't know what else they did. They did doctors and researchers. I guess I could be a researcher. What did yellow do? They were like the Was commanders. They Yellow? Gold? I'd be wearing gold. We only saw really Kirk, Sulu. <gasps> the pilot. Chekhov. Yeah. Nope, Chekhov wore red. Did he wear red? He wore red. They he... he piloted the ship or he sat in the second seat. I want to say he transitioned to red. Like, he started off in yellow and then he switched to red because it was... Everybody was waiting for Scotty to die and he was that popular guy in the red shirts. So they were like, hey, we need to throw another popular character in red. Let's throw Chekhov. I can't think of another... I mean, there was other captains. There's like, Captain Pike. that He wore yellow and... But you didn't, didn't, they weren't really influential. Did Picard wear red? And then there was... Yeah. And then they did Next Generation and next thing you know, Picard and... Uh, and number one are wearing uh, red. Yeah. Deanna Troy was wearing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crusher was wearing a blue with a smock. Data had gold. Jordy had gold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like most of them wore gold. Like they like, switched the colors for next generation. I wonder why. I wonder what was the reasoning behind that. Oh. I, I, I ain't got nothing on that. Oh. I like Deep Space Nine. Like, they switched them to, like, gray and stuff like that. Like, they just, like, kind of streamlined the costumes after that. Because Voyager kind of did the same thing. But didn't Deep Space Nine take place on, a, like, a, like, a satellite station or yeah, something? Yeah, it was a space station. Space station. So, yeah, I can see that. Because that's a whole different ball Guarding game. a wormhole. Mm. I don't know why. I, I just... Next Generation was okay. I watched some of it. But I really didn't get into it like I did the original series. And then I didn't watch any of the spinoffs. I didn't even watch the Scott Bakula one, and I like Scott Bakula as an actor. I like Next Generation. Yeah, it was okay. That was the one I first, like, growing up, that was the one that was on. Right. So I was into that. I liked Deep Space Nine. I enjoyed that one. Voyager wasn't bad. I never watched the one with Bakula. I never watched Enterprise. I haven't watched any of the new ones, like the new shows, like Picard or Discovery. I would like to watch short takes, but... I'm not subscribing to another streaming service. I'm sorry. Because that's the only way you can watch it currently. Yeah, it's on CBS Plus or whatever. Yeah, but I think that'd be that's a great concept. Because uh, you only get the main characters up until that point. You got all the, the peons. Yeah. So. I wouldn't mind getting CBS Plus. It's got the Twilight Zone on there. We just got HBO Max. so And that puts us as Max, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. It's just, it's like... Why did I cut cable? Because now I got the same, yeah, the same bill as cable now. If you had the internet on top of it, I know because you, you know, it's like you do that Disney Plus package where you get Hulu in there. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the new thing. Is like everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm getting rid of cable and I'm going to just do the streaming. But then it's like when you do the math, you're absolutely right. You're paying the same amount that you did yeah. for having cable. And Laura wanted the Hulu without the commercial, so we pay more for Hulu than we should. I got to get Peacock. The NBC one, I have to pay for that because the WWE Network's going away. They got, they're got they going to Peacock. Mm. And if I want to keep watching the pay-per-views, I have to get Peacock. But that might not be a bad deal for you because now you get WWE+. Plus. No, I looked at it, and it's actually less than what I'm paying per month for WWE Network. Yeah, and you get more content. Uh, the big thing is, is apparently uh, Peacock is um, editing out some stuff that WWE, WWE did get questionable in the past. Like, getting rid of matches and stuff like that that were on things, like, that, you know, because they were deemed inappropriate by today's standards. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I think you should just put disclaimers. That's just it. Like, apparently there was a match. I I don't ever remember watching this because it's before I became a wrestling fan, but I guess Roddy Piper did half blackface to face Bad News Brown, who was an African-American wrestler. And Peacock was like, nope, that's inappropriate. We're getting rid of that. We're not showing that. And I agree with Chris. I'm like, just put the disclaimer on yeah. there. Right, just right. being like, hey. Well, and I think that's, in all honesty, I think a lot of it is, that's kind of what we need is we need to look at why that's inappropriate and not just say it's inappropriate and watch it. Right. Yeah. Hey, this person did this. It's not right. It's we not don't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, use it as a teaching point. Like, we don't yeah. do this. And here's why. Agreed. Yeah. Because I'm looking at some of the stuff that they did in WWE when I was growing up, and I go, man, they're going to edit the 90s like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any other Star Trek facts? 
Um, I've got Kirk's better than Picard. I've got some Shatner facts. Um, yes, Shatner facts. I do. I do have Shatner facts. Shatter um, us with the Shatner facts. He just turned ninety. He really? Did. Wow. He did. Yeah, he just turned ninety. Yeah. Hmm. So he's a martial arts enthusiast. Um, Shatner studied at American Kempo Karate under black belt Tom Bleeker, who trained under the founder of American Kempo, Ed Parker. Before he did, it was after he did Star Wars or Star Wars. After he did Star Shatner Trek. did Star Wars. Surprise! Who was he in Star Wars? Uh, Which stormtrooper yeah. was he? The one that beat up Baby Yoda. Yeah, was Sudeikis. <laughs> um, yeah, because of the fact that Star Trek was not successful at all. It only lasted the three seasons. He didn't actually have work for a while because he didn't get back into doing Star Trek stuff until 73 when he returned doing the voice of Captain Kirk for the animated Star Trek series. I'd like to try to find that. I don't remember that one very well. The animation for it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to Definite just old school. watch it. Yeah, it was like Scooby-Doo style animation. Yeah. yeah. With the just like the black eyes. like Yeah. You know, where it's like, all right, here, we're just going to give him little dots for eyes, like Barney <laughs> Rubble. Oh, yeah. Which always made me laugh because, like, yeah, like, Wilma and Barney had those little, little dots, dots, but Betty and Fred had full-on eyes. Like, most of the characters had full-on eyes, <laughs> and then there's like, they are just like, ah, eh, here, I'm done. Here, yeah. dot, <laughs> Call it a day. My arm hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of trying. I'm just going to give him dots. Cramped you okay with us. that? I'm okay with that. Let's go. <laughs> you got a deadline. <laughs> yep. Saves but, money. But yeah, so he it got really bad for him to the point where he actually lost his house. Um, he loved in a he lived in a truck bed camper in the San Fernando Valley, and he would basically do anything that he could. Um, he would take small roles, and he would do he'd show up to parties and be like, "Listen, I'll you know I'll make an appearance." You just have to pay me a little bit. And that's basically how he supported his family for a while. And Too bad they didn't have that service back then where you can pay a celebrity to record a video message. Oh, Cameo? Cameo, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah here you go, $125 for your two-minute video. Exactly. <laughs> so he had done... They started doing Star Trek conventions in, like, the mid-'70s. Shatner originally went to them, but he was basically mobbed, and he couldn't... He he didn't understand the appeal to all of it and he's actually reportedly saying it was it was kind of a he went on snl on saturday night live and they had done a sketch about it and in the sketch he's seen saying get a life and that kind of became part of like the star trek folklore of things because that's actually how he felt because he didn't understand the appeal of it all. And he was like, you people are just wasting all your money and everything like this. Like, you need to get a life. Like, <laughs> I thought they parodied that. I thought he said that hmm. at a convention. Um, probably. And then he became TJ Hooker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so he stopped going to the conventions for a long time. It wasn't, he didn't go back into like the mid 90s, I think it was. I don't understand um, these stars that buck what got them famous. Yeah. Like, you should embrace it and feel lucky. I mean, it may pigeonhole you, but. You can do what you can to get out of it, but in the meantime, you should be thankful for like, what got you there. Like one hit wonder artists? Yeah. It's like, hey, you're still performing. Just, it's okay. Yes, they're all here for that one song, mm-hmm. but they're still coming in pain to see you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so he did the conventions. He didn't, like I said, he stopped doing conventions for a while, and then he went back to it later in life. And, like, the popularity of it was so, not just the conventions, but of the show and everything like that. From 98 to 2008, there was actually a Star uh, Star Trek-themed attraction in Las Vegas. I remember that. There was a dentist here in Florida that did Star Trek-themed uh, dentistry. Oh, really? And the, they wore the uniforms and everything, and the lobby was all done up. Like the bridge of the Enterprise, and oh. yeah, it sounded really. Uh, How often was he your dentist? <laughs> I thought about going to him <laughs> because it just because I'm afraid of dentists. I'm one of those people. Yeah, I understand that. But um, and it seemed like oh, well, maybe it'll be more relaxing, but I I never did. My insurance is always <laughs> either non-existent or non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to America. Yeah. So because of the success of the conventions, Paramount had actually looked at bringing back a revision of Star Trek television series. And t- uh, it was tentatively titled Star Trek Phase 2. 
but then because they should have called it Phaser Two. <laughs> and this is why you don't get to write. Oh, darn it! <laughs> but because of the success of Star Wars, that's when the studio was like, you know, we're gonna develop a Star Trek movie instead. So they got all of the original cast members back for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. That was released in 1979. Shatner played Kirk in the next six Star Trek films, and then ended with the character's death in Star Trek Generations. Most of them are pretty good. The one with the whales is a little iffy. That yeah. was five, right? Was it? I can't Con? remember. Was that the Con one? Con no. is two. Con? Con is two. Con, Con is probably the best one. Star Trek yeah. Two: Wrath of Khan is probably the best Star Trek movie. Yes, made. definitely. I like Search for Spock. That was four, or that was three. I mean, oh, uh, did you ever see the the Christmas ornament Hallmark put out? Which one? It's. The famous scene where Spock's behind the glass dying. Oh, it's Kirk. And like, Kirk's. Ah. Yes. It's a, it's a reenactment of that scene. It's, no, but now I want this ornament. Yeah. Oh my Hallmark actually did it. Oh my God. You could probably find it on Amazon. Oh, we're going to have to look. <laughs> yeah, I think the one with the whales was five. I don't know. I, I don't think I could. Where they had to, to bring one. the whales to the future, and it was like I don't know. That one was. Yeah, that was trying to make a statement. Kind of like Superman Four: Quest for Peace. I don't think I saw Superman. That 4. was the one with Nuclear Man. I didn't see. Is that Christopher Reeve, Reeve. was a very big um, um, on uh, keeping the environment clean. I gave up on so Superman. He, wrote, when, he helped write uh, it, I believe. Huh. Gave up on Superman when Richard Pryor entered the series. That was number three. Yeah. I, it's not a knock against Richard Pryor. It's just that's not. I don't know he what he was you a were computer doing. programmer. Like he was played like yeah, I don't know. It didn't work. One and two were really good for Superman. Three and four were meh. Yeah, they lost it. Also, speaking of Superman, get off topic for a moment to put a dig on Zack Snyder's lighting abilities. <laughs> just for a second, I watched the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And then I could remember the first cut, what was all so different about it. So I watched a YouTube video on it. And they're like, oh, yeah, and Zack Snyder brought back the black Superman suit. And I'm like, he was wearing a black Superman suit. <laughs> I just thought the lighting was so bad. <laughs> I didn't realize he was wearing the black suit. Just a little side note. Oh, Non-Star Trek related. Just my own little ha-ha. <laughs> I do. Snyder's going to do the next Star Trek. It's just going to be space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no stars, nothing. No, just... I do appreciate his cut more now that I've seen it side by side. The YouTube video compared the differences. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a lot better. But I couldn't remember. It, the first one was so unforgettable, I couldn't remember why this one was even better. It was unforgettable? Yeah. How'd you forget it? I forgot. I forgot it until I saw that I forgot it. It's unforgettable in every way. Unforgettable. All right, next Star Trek. In every way. Um. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Fume. Fume. Well, that's the spaceship going across the screen. Right oh, is fast. that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Really fast. She's got no more. Well, I was going to say, we were talking about Justice League, and Batman's involved in that. Um, and Yeah. Uh, Adam West played Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah. To which he actually did uh, a work with William Shatner in 1964. And it was for a series that they had proposed. And it was called Alexander the Great. And it was Shatner was supposed to be Alexander. And Adam West was supposed to be the great. Um, Cleander. Yes, the great. And, like, it was the series was not picked up, and the pilot wasn't actually broadcast until 1968 when it was repackaged as a TV movie to capitalize on both West and Shatner's later fame. Mm. Shatner had really hoped that the series would take off, and Adam West was like, oh, God, no, it was awful. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I wasn't surprised at all because it was just a really... Um, he's actually quoted as saying, it turned out to be one of the worst scripts I've ever read, and it was one of the worst things I've ever done. He's never read one of our scripts. <laughs> <laughs> Shatner is Canadian, and he only has a green card here. He never became a U.S. citizen. Hmm. 
So he's up in Canada now. <laughs> he's, yeah. Yes, and he's been married four times. Any to any aliens? Yeah, they all are. A couple of them. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> They're all aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he stayed in Canada. <laughs> I'm still using my makeout powers to You're help the welcome. alien race. You're welcome. <laughs> CA. NA. <laughs> DA. Early on in his in Shatner's career, he basically had the saying, work equals work, and he would take anything that came across his plate, which some people have argued that that's probably hurt his career because he wasn't so choosy. kind of took anything that he would do. He actually started his career out as a Shakespearean actor. I think uh, that explains don't most, the overacting. Don't most mm-hmm. actors who don't have like a family name in the business just take anything anyway, though? Um, I, I think feel you, like it. Yeah. Well, you get to Look a at point. Stallone. Uh, we don't know about how I thought it. Yeah, well, you did a porn. That's uh, so we were going to talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had um, to write your own movie to get anywhere. Well, and that's yeah. He really yeah. He did. I, I don't but, think that's uncommon. I don't know how anyone well, could say that. The because of the fact that at that point he had already gained some recognition, but then he just like you get to a point where as an actor. Like, you get to start being choosy about things that you're starting to get these more... You're getting these roles that you're getting accredited for. And you're starting to... Like, people are starting to take notice. And so you want to kind of veer towards that route and be like, I want stuff that'll show off my ability. And Shatner's like, ah, screw it. Like, I'll just... You got an Alpo dog commercial? I'll do it. Like, he just took everything. And because of the fact that he wasn't kind of picking and choosing, and he did some really awful stuff, people were like, oh, maybe maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. Like, Um, maybe those other ones were flukes. Like, he just kind of took Lies. He's been amazing as the Priceline negotiator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably been one of his better roles. He's doing one now for, I think it's sleep apnea. Oh, yeah, I've got that. Oh, my goodness. He's like, here, put this mask on. It'll help you sleep and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I want the one they implant inside of you. I don't want to wear... The alien? <laughs> I don't want to wear the Darth Vader mask. Shatner was on two episodes of the Twilight Zone that were great. Yeah, the famous one with the airplane. Right? He was in the one with the airplane, and then he was mm-hmm. in uh, Nick of Time also, the one where he was uh, sitting at the diner counter asking the one machine questions and all the things were coming true so i don't remember that one yeah no. what was the twist um it was just really about like how you need to decide your own fate and not let something else decide like something decided for you shatner's actually one of the few actors that no have there's actually... many actors <laughs> will you let me finish oh i'm sorry go ahead uh he's one of the few actors that have actually no, there's many won... actors. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll turn my microphone off Chatter is an actor. One of the few. <laughs> of many. Of many. <laughs> um, that has actually won um, an Emmy for playing the same character across multiple series. So him. I don't remember the T.J. Hucker movie. No, for Boston Legal. It was actually his role as Danny Crane. Um, oh, yeah. In Boston Legal. Him and James Spader were on that together. Yeah, and both of them actually won. Um, and I think one of the other ones would be um, Frasier. Because I think... Well, I no, I don't Well, I don't know if Kelsey Grammer won anything for um, Cheers or not. But he, I don't think so. I know he continued that role on from Cheers. Does it count if you won an Emmy for playing the role of the character on a different show and then you do a spin-off of that character and win an Emmy. Isn't that really like winning the same thing twice? I would think so. No, well, yes and no because of the fact that it it's it's carried it, I mean it's two different shows. It's you're being able to take that character and like most of my favorite actors don't have any range at all. And <laughs> 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 If they won multiple Emmys or Oscars for multiple movies, they're really just doing the same thing over and over again. We're still trying to figure out how Nicolas Cage won that Academy Award. That Actually, he deserved that one. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then he, I don't know, he got lazy. But I really want to see the Five Nights at Freddy knockoff he did. Can't find it anywhere. I thought it was streaming. I don't know what this knockoff is. It's him locked in a like a Chuck E. Cheese type thing, 
and the uh, animatronics come to life, like the video game Five Nights at Freddy's. Are you familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's? I mean, I've seen the characters because they're kind of creepy and there's like a bear. Yeah. The whole concept of the game is you're a security guard. You have to watch this thing at night and it's just security cameras and you watch the characters come to life and they come attack you in the office and you have to stop them. They will only move when the camera's not on them. So the whole game is you flip in on and off these cameras and they run out of battery, so it's not like you can just keep the cameras on the entire time. So it's kind of like when you play Mario and you have to turn and look at the ghosts. Kind of. That's the same concept. There's a point where you have to just alternately turn back and forth because there's a ghost on either side and you're screwed. Right, but there's like four or five of Five Nights at Freddy's guys coming into the office to attack you. And so Nicolas Cage has like a movie with a similar concept that just came out this year, but I can't find it anywhere. It's like the perfect movie for him. Like you want to watch you want to watch Nicolas Cage, you got to watch Con Air, you got to watch <laughs> 8mm, you got to watch Face Off. I mean, these are quintessential Nicolas Cage. You got to watch the one, I can't remember the name off the top of my head where he fights the devil with his uh Mustang. Drive Angry? Drive Angry, yeah. Great Nicolas Cage movie. Um, what about The Sorcerer's Apprentice? It's no? a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> it's, right. it's a little slow. It really shows his overacting ability. <laughs> I mean, that's why you watch Nicolas Cage. Just to wait and see when he's going to start he maniacally like... laughing out of nowhere. And you go, I don't understand why he's laughing. Why is he laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he also in Raising Arizona? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a great Nicholas Cage, but that that's, was like not, early on. that's not the quintessential Nicholas Cage. That's before he got crazy. You know what else I enjoy? Face Off with him and John Travolta. I did mention Face Off. Yeah, he, he mentioned Face Off, but yeah, that's definitely one of those great Nicholas Cage movies. Yeah, Nicholas Cage acting as John Travolta is the greatest thing you'll ever watch. Yeah. And John Travolta acting as Nicholas Cage is equally impressive. That might be John Travolta's <laughs> greatest role ever. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you follow that up, Travolta? I did Battlefield Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know one of my favorite John Travolta movies is? Face Off. (laughs) (laughs) Grease. Grease 2. Grease 3. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, he wasn't in Grease 2, I know. No. Or you can link him to um, Sylvester Stallone in the sequel to Sting. What was it? Um, The dance movie that he did that Sylvester Stallone directed him in. Staying Alive? No, it was the sequel to that. Saturday Night Fever? I didn't think was that was actually the name Staying of it. Staying Alive was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Oh, okay. Or was it? Then yes. Urban Cowboy. No, but that's also a good one. I enjoy Urban Cowboy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good with Travolta movies. Pulp Fiction. That's the only one. That's probably his greatest work. Yeah. After Look Who's Talking too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christy Alley. Hey, we got any Who more? also in Star Trek. Yeah, she was. Give us one more Star Trek fact, and then we got to wrap it up. <laughs> Just one more. Out of your list of a hundred, just grab one of them. Just any old one. We've gone just, through just most of them. Read them all. Oh, oh, then we don't have any. Um, I was gonna say the one of the guys that took over doing Star Trek after Roddenberry passed. His name, his last name is Kutzman. He wanted to basically turn Star Trek into the same style that Marvel has done theirs and yeah. expand it that way. And Picard was like the first attempt at that mm. to open it up into different universes and different timelines and different storylines and it's a smart way to do it marvel definitely super smart in that star wars is trying to do that and uh yeah so i could see star trek doing that that would be very that would be cool tie everything together all right excellent well join us on our next episode when we hit whatever planet we hit next punch out that's where we're headed to but it's gonna take three weeks to get there it is gonna take three (laughs) weeks to get there (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully, as our normal lives start to slowly go back to where they were before COVID, <laughs> our podcast lives will get there as well. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> right now, we're all over the board, except for Sabrina and all her doctors. That's right. My doctors. Lots of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Sabrina Pierre. Jail Trose. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Catch you the flippity flop! Gong! Podcast 42 is performed by Christopher DeVos, JL Trose, Laura DeVos, and Sabrina Pierre. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly in this particular episode. All information given may or may not be true. Sound design by P42 Incorporated 
and is recorded in the Podcast 42 Studios. Logo by Cute Panda. Find Cute Panda on Facebook for commissions. Theme music by Cremo. Find more music by Cremo on Cremo.net. Podcast 42 is a proud member of the Podfix Network. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Ariel Cooksey, host of Malice. When violent acts occur, we tend to think the predators are monsters. Surely no human could do such things. But if we're honest, only humans commit malicious crime. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, Join me at Malice, wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye.